The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Again, good morning. Welcome. You don't always see me this many times this quickly, uh, but like I said, uh, uh, Ryan, our youth pastor, uh, is away this uh, weekend with uh, like 59, I think, 59 uh, students and volunteers, and uh, man, it's just been uh, already uh, an awesome experience. I'm going to share a little bit about that with you here in just a moment. Um, we, uh, we begin a new series today, and it's, it's simply called I Will, I Will. And uh, it's, it's based loosely, at least the idea for the series is off of a book uh, by the same title, I Will, uh, by Tom Rainier. And here's a, a copy of the book here today. And because we love you and we care about you, we actually are uh, giving away uh, copies of this little book today. And they're, they're back there on that back table. So on your way out today, uh, make sure you stop by the table and pick up a copy of this book. And uh, the, the subtitle is Nine Traits of the Outwardly Focused Christian. We actually give away uh, copies of another book by Tom Rainier. Uh, not I Will, but it's actually called I Am. And uh, my son is so wonderful. I actually left my, my sermon over in, the, uh, in my office, and so I was just going to wing it today. He's like, no, Dad, don't do that. So uh, here's, here's, here's my sermon. He said, you're going to preach forever if you do that. So stick, stick, stick to your notes. Um, anyway, um, but uh, the, the book that we give away in our membership class is called I Am. And it's about, uh, I am a church member, and it's about the attitudes that people need to have as far as membership in, in a local church. And uh, this book, I Will, is more about um, not having necessarily the, the right attitude, but moving from attitude uh, to action. Uh, I, I Will. Uh, about making commitments. Uh, and again, here on the title uh, of the cover, it says, not, you know, I could, I might, I can, I should, uh, but I will. Uh, about making commitments that move you into uh, growth, into action. And so over the next five weeks, what we're going to do is take a look at uh, not necessarily all the ones that are in here, because there's more than that in here, uh, but we're going to take a look at some uh, commitments worth making. Uh, as we begin the new year to help all of us grow and grow together. And then since uh, we introduced uh, our goal last week with the power of one, if you missed last week's message, don't forget we do have an app. Uh, you can go to our website, listen to our sermon there, or you can just download our app on your smartphone uh, or device and uh, uh, look for it there as well. Uh, but we introduced this new series last week called One, uh, or excuse me, not, not, not so much a series, uh, but a year-long campaign, a year-long goal uh, called One. And you'll notice inside this sign, this will be the last week that this sign will be up here on the stage. We're going to mount it uh, next week, and this will be the last week for right now uh, that all lights are lit. But we just wanted to kind of, uh, again, show you the week, uh, show you the sign, and then kind of uh, dovetail into this series today. But you'll notice what, what makes this sign distinctive is not just that it spells the word one. Of course, I realize that's our logo there. But you'll notice with inside the sign, there are what? Anybody remember? 52 lights, 52 lights. Each one of these light bulbs represent, represent one person. And so our goal this year in 2017 is to see, you remember there's that verse in Acts that says, and each day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. And we thought, man, isn't that cool that in the early church it was normal, it was a part of you know, just normal existence that people were coming to know Jesus. And we thought, and I would love for that to happen in my lifetime, that over a period of a year, 365 people as a result of the ministry of this church come to know Christ. But how about this year, let's make it normal that over the course of a year, at least 
52 people, 52 individual people, cross the line of faith, go from you know, darkness to light, from death to life, uh, from once we're lost, now become found over the course of this year. And so what we're going to do is we're going to mount this sign back there uh, in the auditorium so when you're coming and going, you see it. And then every week as people come to know Christ, we're going to light one of the light bulbs. And so again, each one of these uh, uh, bulbs represents uh, a person. Um, and so today, uh, I want to share some really cool news with you because as excited you know, as I was on uh, you know, Monday night, late, late Monday night, early, early Tuesday morning about my Clemson Tigers, um, I am even more excited about some things I want to share with you today. And that is that uh, last Sunday, uh, one person gave their life to Jesus last week. Isn't that exciting? And I've already, already kind of connected with that person, and uh, they're ready to get baptized, so we're excited about that. And uh, so next week, when we mount the, uh, the sign on the wall, you'll already know that there'll be a light bulb that'll be lit. But I've got some really exciting news for you today. I've been kind of, you know, communicating with Ryan and, and some of our volunteers uh, at, the, uh, at the Strength to Stand conference. And, uh, you know, before they left, I told Ryan, I said, Ryan, the pressure's on, man. We're going to light some light bulbs when you guys get back, you know, from this conference. And... Um, uh, I texted him this morning, said, hey, how, how's everything going? Good start to the conference. And he said, yes, it's been awesome. And he says, I'm forwarding you an email. And I literally just saw this this morning before the service, and I, it brought me to tears. And I, I just want to read this to you this morning, share this with you. It's so exciting. Listen to this. Dear Ryan, first of all, we want to thank you again for trusting the Strength to Stand Conference to partner with you to impact students for Christ. We pray that we were able we pray that we were able to effectively communicate the good news of Jesus to them. And again, they had their, their conference began yesterday, last night. An incredible movement of God was felt during Scott's message of hope, and that's Scott Dawson. And I wanted to let you know specifically the students in your group who made decisions for Christ so that you could follow up with them quickly and effectively. You ready for this? Michael Allen Martin accepted Christ. Kobe Nicholson, Kobe Nicholson accepted Christ. Giovanna Plumley accepted Christ. Alexis Brinkley accepted Christ. Isaiah Hutchinson rededicated his life. Carter Blumenstock rededicated his life. Zane Brinkley rededicated his life. Jonah Canlis rededicated his life. Isabel Hicks accepted Christ. Marissa Chaffin accepted Christ. Dale Hicks accepted Christ. Emma Vaughn accepted Christ. Reagan accepted Christ. Penelope Roper accepted Christ. Kaylee Moskus accepted Christ. John Apernathy, I'm flipping the page by the way right now, accepted Christ. Grace Chinnis accepted Christ. Eloise Lyons accepted Christ. Delma White accepted Christ. Glory to God. Wow. We, will, we will be sending them... The email concludes, we will be sending follow-up to them as well as within the next two weeks. Um, as you know, with any new believer, quickly plugging them into the Word uh, and a fellowship of believers is critical. Please let us know if you have any questions about the information included in this email. And as always, let us know what we can do to become more effective kingdom partners with you. Isn't that awesome? Man, I just like, I was just crying in my office this morning as I saw that. And, and uh, man, that's why we do what we do, guys. So next Sunday, we're going we're gonna to put that uh, sign up there, and you're going to notice that 15 lights are already on. 15. We're still in January. So, um, you know, that's what happens when, when the body of Christ actually just says, hey, let's pray about this. Let, let's move toward this. I mean, you know, guys, time is short. You know, life is, you know, hanging in the balance, and uh, this is why we do what we do. 
So today, today, I want to challenge you to reach your friends for Christ. Not I might, not I could, not I should, but I will. I will do whatever it takes to see my friends come to know Jesus. And to do that, I want to take a look at another one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it's about four guys, four dudes who did exactly that. They did whatever it took to bring their friend to Jesus. The story is found in Luke chapter 5. Let me set the stage for the story. Before we get to the, the story itself, basically what's been happening here is that Jesus has been teaching and healing. In fact, vast numbers of people now are showing up to hear him and to, uh, to, to hear him teach and to heal people. And in fact, right before this story takes place that we're gonna talk about, uh, Jesus heals a leper. Now, leprosy in that day was a terrible, terrible disease. Uh, those with leprosy were considered unclean. Uh, but not only did Jesus heal this leper, uh, but he did something else that nobody else would ever even think of. He touched him. Uh, he reached out to him. He touched him. Uh, Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. Listen to this. One day as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat. So, one of their friends is paralyzed. Now, we don't know how this guy got paralyzed, whether it was an accident or illness or from birth. The Bible doesn't say. It doesn't say how long he'd been paralyzed, whether it was just a few months or he'd always been that way. Uh, but I'm sure of this. The longer this guy was paralyzed, the longer he was laying on that mat, sitting on that mat, the further away from hope, the hope of change, the hope of a changed life he must have felt. Now, maybe early on in this paralysis, maybe you know, him or his parents you know, said something like, well, you know, you know maybe this will pass. You know, th maybe this is only temporary. But I gotta believe that the, the more time passed, the longer he laid on that mat, the less likely he ever felt like he was ever gonna change. You know, the less likely he ever felt like there was hope for him. And so here's what I want you to understand today. And I want you to catch this. Every single person in this room, you all have friends in your life. You all have people that you know where you work, where you live, where you play, and they are paralyzed. We all know people who are paralyzed. And what I mean by that is that they are paralyzed emotionally. They are paralyzed relationally. They are paralyzed spiritually. You know, maybe they're filled with anger, they're filled with fear or doubt, whatever it is, and it's, it's just eating them up. And their whole life seems to, many times, feels like it's just shrunken down to this very small space, okay? This mat. What I mean by that is this crisis, this depression, this addiction, this unhealthy relationship, their anger. And the longer they're in that, the more that seems to define them. And, and the longer you've been paralyzed by whatever it is, okay, any of those things and anything else, the less optimistic most people are that life change is ever going to happen. The less likely you feel like, you know, there's hope for you. In other words, the longer you've been dealing with whatever it is you're dealing with, your anger, a wayward child, depression, addiction, the less likely you ever feel like that this situation has the potential for change. But real friends, just like the guys in this story, they see past that. They see past the pain. They see past the mat. They see past the hurt, past the anger. 
You know, sometimes people that are stuck on a mat, honestly, they're hard to get along with at times. Sometimes they're difficult. Sometimes they're bitter. Sometimes they're not pleasant to be around. But listen to me. A follower of Jesus, a friend, somebody on a mission, somebody really loves people, will see past all that. And, and, and think in their mind and their heart, man, I want to help this person. I'm going to figure out a way to get them to Jesus. I'm going to figure out a way to love them to him. I'm going to figure out a way to point them to him. Verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. You see, these guys knew. They knew what Jesus was capable of. They knew what Jesus could do. They had seen this man touch and heal a leper. And so these guys are probably thinking to themselves and saying to one another, you know what? we got to find a way to get our friend, you know, to Jesus. Somehow we got to figure out a way to get this guy on a mat into the presence of Jesus. And maybe, just maybe, if we can get him into his presence, maybe Jesus could touch him. Maybe somehow our friend's life could be different. Now, fortunately, and this is a kind of a cool thing about this story, sometimes we miss, fortunately, somebody in their community opened up their home and had Jesus over. And it gave these guys an opportunity to get their friend in, in, in front of Jesus. I think that's kind of a, an unsung hero in the story, somebody who's just willing to open up their home to Jesus. By the way, you know what, life groups are getting ready to start. Man, if you, if you lead a group, if you host a group in your home, man, you're a hero. You are opening up your home to Jesus, to the possibility that somebody might come and uh, get their life changed by Jesus. By the way, here at Coastal, that's exactly what we do. Each and every week, man, we just open up the doors to our home and we say, you know what? Jesus is going to be here. The power and the presence of God is going to be here. And if you'll just, you know, if, if you want to be in front of Jesus, if you'll just get your friends here, if you'll show up and get your friends here and worship him and experience him, him lives are going to be changed. But whatever you do, man, get your friends here. Let me ask you, how'd you hear about Coastal? Or better yet, this is a better question. How'd you find your way back to God? You know, for many of you, it was a friend. A friend pointed the way. A friend loved you when no one else seemed like they would. A friend put up with your junk when you were on that mat. A friend invited you to church. A friend in your life basically said, you know what, I know in some ways, man, you're in a, on a mat right now in your life. But I'm willing to pick you up. I'm willing to see past that. I'm willing to carry you to a place where you're going to experience the power and the presence of God Almighty. You know what? In a recent survey of Americans who don't attend church, 82% of them that were surveyed said that they would, if they were invited by a friend, if they were invited by a friend to church, they'd say yes. You think about that. 82% of people possibly lying on a mat thinking there's got to be more to life than this, that this can't be what life is all about, are simply waiting for you and for me to be a friend and invite them. You know, the truth is, some people just don't know what they're missing. 
They really don't know what life could be like, not on a mat. But you know what? You know. You know. Man, you know what life could be like with Christ in their life. You know what? That life could be different. You know, what you see in a real friend, what you see in these guys in this story is a whatever-it-takes attitude. I like that. Just a whatever-it-takes You know, here's the question for Coastal today. Here's the question for us. Do you love anybody that much that you are willing to do whatever it takes to carry them to Jesus, to love them, to serve them while they're on the mat? Do you understand? Do you really understand what's at stake? You know, do you see people the way Jesus did? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to see people come to know him? These friends were. Verse 19, when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now, this is where the story really gets crazy. These guys are crazy. I mean, I, I picture these guys some, like, as some of the men in my, my, my Wednesday morning men's group. And if you're in that group, you know what I'm talking about. So they're carrying, okay, a full-grown man. You know, if you're carrying a full-grown man, like dead weight, man, that, that's a big task. Um, you know, plan A, plan A, okay, was probably, okay, guys, you know, we got our buddy. Let, let, let's try to be in, inconspicuous, okay? We'll go in through the side door, you know, maybe come around. We'll, we'll kind of sit, you know, in the back a little bit, but kind of position ourselves so that when Jesus either comes or goes, he'll, he'll be right there. And then, you know, like when maybe when Jesus takes a little break, and, you know, or he walks by, our, our friend will be right here in his path and nobody's going to notice. No one will even know that we're there. That was plan A, okay? Then they get there with their friend and this huge crowd is there. I mean, all these people are there to see and to hear Jesus. They can't get in. You know, and so plan A is gone. No more plan A. And so I kind of picture one guy saying, hey, I don't know what you're thinking, but I see some stairs around back. There's a ladder back there. I think we could carry him up on the roof. That would be like Charlie Wessel at my men's group saying that, okay, by the way. (laughs) Anyway, and so... The rest of the guys are like, well, sure, why not? And so again, they got this full-grown man on a mat. And so the house is packed. The crowd's all focused on the inside. They're all focused in on Jesus. And so these guys go around back, and they carry this guy onto the top of this house. And so when they get up to the top of the roof, you know, another guy probably is going, I bet Jesus is right about there. And they're like, yeah, let's start digging. And they start digging and digging, and, and Jesus is teaching, and everybody's focused on Jesus. And, you know, the disciples are all gathered around Jesus. And can't you picture, you know, like if we were all in here this morning, and all of a sudden, you know, like some, you know, of course, we, remember we had all the condensation, you got dripped on, you know, and you're going like, what? What is that? Well, picture, you know, you're in somebody's house and like all of a sudden, you know, like stuff starts falling a little bit on the, you know, maybe one pebble, a little pebble, and maybe a little bit more sand. And and maybe the owner's looking up going, man, I got to get that roof replaced. You know, what's going on there? And then all of a sudden, like chunks start falling and people back up. And then finally one 
big chunk falls and everybody looks up and they see the sun kind of shining through and all they see is four silhouettes of these dudes kind of looking down going, hey everybody, you know, something, like, something stupid, right? And, uh, and then you hear one guy go, hey, did you bring a rope? No, I didn't bring a rope. Did you bring one? You know, or something like that. And then, but finally, you know, somebody gets the rope and they lower the guy down. Can't you picture like, the, you know, I don't know, maybe like the brother-in-law of the owner looking at the owner going, I don't think your homeowners is going to cover that. You know, as they start lowering this guy down in the middle of everything. And so these four friends, they get their friend to Jesus. You know, they, they bring him to Jesus. And, and as soon as they decide to step out in faith and, you know, and to do this incredible thing for their friend, they get faced with an obstacle. I mean, they do. They, they can't get in. An obstacle is anything that gets in the way. It's anything. Anything in your journey of, of health, anything in your journey of change, anything you know, it, it, that gets in the way. It makes you feel like, well, you know, maybe I wasn't supposed to take that step. But I think obstacles are important because they do two things. One, they make us clarify what's important. You know, they make us clarify. You know, when, when you get serious about inviting your friends, when you get serious about loving the people in your life who are on a mat, you know, don't realize it, but, but sometimes they're a little difficult, you know, you're going to face some obstacles. And you're going to find yourself asking yourself, you know what, is this worth it? You know, should, should, is this really that important? It's going to clarify in your mind, you know, what, what do you value? What really is important? You know, do we really say that, you know, we will do anything short of sin to see people come to know Christ? Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that people are either dead in their sin or alive in Jesus? And no one becomes alive in him except through the resurrection power of Jesus. It makes you clarify those things. Obstacles also make you get creative. They make you think outside the box. You know, again, these guys probably plan, you know, had some other kind of plan, you know, maybe just go right through the door, you know, bring their friend to Jesus. But when they couldn't do that, you know, when, when their plan wouldn't work, all of a sudden they had to get creative. They had, to, they had to figure it out. They had to think outside the box. You know what? When we were portable for 14 years, setting up every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, week after week, we had to get creative. We had to think outside the box a time or two. As we started to grow here at Coastal, we had to get a little creative. We had to figure out what to do. You know what? An obstacle may have, been, may have been put in front of you. Maybe a door had been closed to you. And all of a sudden, you've got to clarify your sense of urgency. All of a sudden, you've got to get creative. All of a sudden, you've got to think outside the box. Listen, don't give up. Don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on people. It's interesting to me that the obstacle in the story is the crowd. It's the crowd. You know, again, that, and that's not a bad thing, you know, that when Jesus shows up, a crowd gathers. You know, think about it. That's why you're here. You know, Jesus is here. This is our crowd. Again, a crowd's not a bad thing. A crowd's a good thing. But if we are not careful, listen to me, Coastal, if we're not careful, if we are not intentional, you and I, the crowd, can actually get in the way of people finding Jesus. We can get in the way sometimes. When you come in here and you forget, it's not about you. It's not about us. It's not about those of us who are not on a mat anymore. It's not about what you want. It's not about your preferences. You know, and sometimes, if we're not careful, we actually keep people from finding Jesus. It happens in churches all the time. 
And there are people who come here, come to churches on a mat, needing to get to Jesus. And a lot of people in a lot of churches have forgotten that, listen, we don't just go to church. We're not just here attending something. We are the church. And we are on a mission to see people come to him. Well, you know, I don't know everybody. And the pastor didn't shake my hand today. Boy, that music, it was too loud. You know, they don't offer enough programs. There's not enough for me. Listen, who said it was all about you in the first place? Amen. It's not. You know why we exist? We don't exist for you and me. Remember, remember last week, the power of one? We don't exist for the 99. We exist for the one. We exist for the person still on a mat. Caring for our building, you know, greeting people, talking to people that you don't know. Introducing yourself, making people feel welcome, you know, maybe picking up a piece of trash, investing money to remodel a children's classroom, improving our signage, replacing a window, coming early, inviting somebody out to lunch afterwards, adding a service, adding another service, needing more volunteers, hiring staff, serving in the nursery, building a larger facility. Don't you see? It's, none of that's about you. None of it's about me. It's all about creating an environment that makes it conducive for you and for me to simply bring a friend where they could meet the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, where people on a mat could rise up and walk. Amen. And man, if you don't see that, open up your eyes and ask God to let you see people the way Jesus does and join us in the greatest adventure that there is. I mean that. But let me say this. Let me be crystal clear. If you're miserable here and we're not doing enough to make you happy, I mean this very lovingly today. Go somewhere else. Go. I mean, chances are you're not going to be happy there either. Now, there's not one way to do church. All I'm saying is this is the way we do it. And we, we don't make apologies for it. Listen, God speaks, we obey. And what I'm saying is, we don't need people here who just take up a seat and because of their attitude and sometimes even their actions are actually getting in the way of people on a mat ever finding Jesus. I'll get out the phone book. Well, they don't, no one looks at that anymore. I'll get out, we'll Google it together. I'll find you some other church. Go, go there. Verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith. Let me ask you a question. This is really cool. Whose faith did Jesus see? That's right, the friends. Not the man on the mat. He saw the faith of the friends. You know, some, man, this is so important. Sometimes in our life as followers of Jesus, we got to have faith on behalf of our friends. And you know what? Stop expecting them to have faith when, when they haven't placed their faith in Christ yet. You know, we, you and I as followers of Jesus, we've got to be the ones. We've got to keep praying even when it seems like there is no prayer. You know, that's why this past week, you know, we challenged our church. Listen, join us. You know, why not one person, you know, once a day for one minute at one o'clock praying for one person? Pray for your one. I mean, you keep praying. You don't give up. You have faith when they don't have faith yet. You keep hoping when all hope seems lost. You know, and guess what? Maybe your friend on the mat, maybe they've given up. But you don't give up. Man, isn't it gonna be awesome one day when, when you know that a friend was changed by Jesus 
because of your faith. That their life was changed simply because you didn't know any better than not to give up. Simply because you were crazy enough to believe, to trust the impossible, to do the impossible, to attempt the impossible. And even when their life seemed impossible to be fixed, man, you knew that Jesus could. Verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Now, this is funny to me. This is actually hilarious. Can't you picture this? Okay, these four dudes, okay, they had done everything they had done, you know, gone through all this stuff to get their friend to Jesus. Um, you know, again, you know, come up with this plan, faced an obstacle on top of the roof, dig a hole, lowered him the whole nine yards. They'd seen him heal a leper, okay? I mean, heal, completely heal a leper. And they, they finally get this paralyzed man, their friend, in front of Jesus, and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Don't you picture one guy going, Jesus, that's awesome, but he's paralyzed, Jesus. You know, we got to get this guy back home. You know, we brought him here. We're tired. You know, can you help him? Can you do something? You know, sometimes it's easy to get discouraged when God doesn't move in people's lives the way you think he should. Sometimes we want Jesus to heal the part we think needs healing. God often does the unexpected in people's lives. I think Jesus knew that the spiritual issue was actually the bigger issue than his physical issue. I mean, Jesus knew. Jesus knew he could heal the, you know, heal him. I mean, Jesus knew he was paralyzed. Jesus knew he was on a mat. But Jesus also knew that he could be healed physically and still be lost in his sin spiritually. He could be healed, but he'd still be miserable. You know people like that? You know, outwardly everything seems to be great. But inwardly, they're absolutely miserable because sin is just eating them alive. And what they need is a, is a healing, a spiritual healing. Now listen to this. Sometimes, sometimes, God uses a physical problem to bring people to Jesus. Sometimes God uses something physical to point people to something spiritual. But the story doesn't end there. Verses 21 to 24, the Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. You know, there are people in, in churches today who go, wait a minute, come on now. You know, that's, uh, that's not the way it's supposed to be. We've, we've never done it that way before. We hadn't voted on it yet. You know, you just can't get up on a roof. You know, you gotta go through our hoops. You gotta do this or that, you know, to connect with God, to see Jesus. You see, they had put a higher priority on their programs than on the person of Jesus who was sitting right there in front of them. You know, they had, they had put their hope in their methods instead of the man. And the reason the law was given in, in the first place was just to show them their need for, for Jesus. 
But these religious people, these get this, these religious people were sitting right at his feet and yet they couldn't see him because religious people always complicate Jesus. They always complicate Jesus. The rest of verse 24, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He told the paralyzed man to do the one thing he couldn't do. And at some point, Jesus is going to ask you to do something that you can't do either. He's going to ask you to do the one thing in your own power that you can't accomplish. Maybe in your own power, you feel like you can't love that person. In your own strength, you can't forgive your spouse. In your own power, you can't stop drinking. The longer you've been paralyzed, the longer our friends are on a mat, the more their vision gets distorted. The more they think life can't change. They don't understand. And that's okay. They don't understand that Jesus came, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. They don't get it that that they can do things that that Jesus is going to ask them to do through his strength and his power. Listen, don't you see, that's why a friend doesn't give up. You keep praying, you keep loving, you keep serving, you keep living the life of Jesus for your friends to see. It might take a while, it might take a long, long time, but again, you have a whatever-it-takes attitude for as long as it takes attitude. Man, this this paralyzed guy, he was going to spend the rest of his life on that mat, and he was going to lay there until the day he died. End of story. Until... He met Jesus. Verse 25 and 26. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and he went home praying. Isn't that funny? He, you know, here's this mat, his little, his little house, his little, his little thing. He took it, and he went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, man, we have seen remarkable things today. Let me close by asking you this. Who do you know who needs Jesus in their life? You know, why not in 2017 you make this commitment? I will. Not I should, not I might, not I could, but I will. I will do whatever it takes to reach my friends for Jesus. I will do whatever it takes to love them and serve them. They're on a mat, I don't care. They're they're difficult, I don't care. I will do whatever it takes. I won't stop praying. I won't stop loving. I won't stop serving. I will reach my friends for Jesus. Who's your one? Who's your one? You know, isn't it cool that some of these guys had had to tag team it together? You know, sometimes it takes that. You know, it, it takes all of us. We're, we're in this together. We lock arms together. We pray together. We serve. We love. We share. Now, let me close by saying this. Some of you here today, you're paralyzed. And you're on a mat. And you're saying, I can't. I want you to think about this for a second. What did the paralyzed man do in this story? Absolutely nothing. It took the faith of his friends and the power of Jesus to help him. You can, 
Because Jesus can. See, he has the power to rewrite the story of your life. Man, he is rewriting 14 students in Pigeon Forward's lives right now as we speak. He can rewrite your life. He has the power to forgive your sin. You see, that's the greatest need that you have today. It's not something physical. It's, it is, it's not even something relational. It is something spiritual. And he has the power to change your life. Do you realize that today you could rise up and you can walk out of here healed, a brand new person? It is as simple and yet as beautiful as a prayer, as trusting in the only one who can do it. And it's Jesus. You can have that today. I want to lead you in a prayer to do that. You could be the next light that we turn on. You can be the person who is here today coming. And maybe, you know, some friends got you here. Some crazy friends. Been inviting, been loving, been serving. Maybe it was just Google. You know what? That's God. He's drawing you here. Not God's Google. You get it. Anyway, okay. But you're not here by accident. He's got a purpose for you here today. But you could walk out of your chain. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you. Thank you for some crazy friends in my life over the years who loved me and served me and kept pointing me to Jesus when I thought my life was going to be... I thought I'd be sitting on a mat for the rest of my life. Hurting and afraid and lonely. And somebody brought me to a place where I, I met a man who died on the cross for me, went into a grave, but the grave could not contain him, and he rose from the dead, and he is alive. Listen, if you're here today, there's nothing you have to do except for place your faith in the only one who can do everything. It's Jesus. Right now in your heart, just cry out your heart to God and say, God, I've been on this mat for a long time. I've, I've blown it. I've messed up. Some of this mat's my own fault. I've pushed you out of my life. I've run from you. But today, God, I come into your presence and in your power and I want to come home. God, forgive me. I've blown it. I believe. I do believe. I believe that Jesus really is your son. I believe that he was sent to this earth for me, died on a cross for me and my sin. But death could not contain him. He rose from the dead and he is alive. God, as much as I know how, as much as I understand, I put all my faith in him and him alone today. And for the rest of my days, God, I just want to follow him. I want to become more and more like you see me today, alive, uh, fully and completely healed and well. And God, I want to just walk with you for the rest of my days. Father, thank you for this church. God, may we continually recognize and realize that it is not about us. It's about you. It's about others. It's about the one. God, I pray that we will. We will make that commitment to never give up, to do whatever it takes, and to reach our friends for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.